Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Jean A. Youngblood. Since 2015, Dr. Youngblood has taken scores of questions and comments on the challenging issues of the day with a goal of informing and motivating listeners to examine the issues from a central biblicist worldview. Currently, this broadcast is heard on five regional stations, as well as four additional stations in Virginia. There's now a great opportunity to expand this vital ministry to other cities. We sincerely need your help to accomplish this mission. Your support of any amount is needed to take this next step in sharing God's truth in a relevant, lively, and timely way. Thanks for your willingness to support us in this broadcast as we prepare to face the issues on a broader scale. Go to fcbcatjax.com and click the donate button or send your best gift to First Conservative Baptist Church, 12021 Old St. Augustine Road, Jacksonville, Florida, 32258 Attention Radio. Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood is brought to you by First Conservative Baptist Church. Now let's get back to Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about today a woke society without God. A woke society. The woke culture that we're in today seemingly has all of the answers and every answer they have is devoid of any relationship to God through Jesus Christ. As a result of that, we're watching our nation's foundation being destroyed. In fact, when we talk about the fact that it is an indoctrinational system today and our educational system, it is a system of indoctrination and brainwashing. Let me just read you a brief article stating that very thing from the former Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr, and what he has to say. Uh, This article is dated June 21st. Public schools are becoming unconstitutional, secular, progressive madrasas. Now, madras is the term that's used mostly in the realm of schools that are Islamic schools, uh, not teaching subjects other than to be jihadist in the madrasas. It is a uh, base, a school that has a basis of teaching a particular ideology and particular uh, religious, uh, uh, if you please, uh, uh, variant of what is you'd call a Christian worldview. But nevertheless, public schools are becoming unconstitutional, secular, progressive madrasas. Quote, may longer be fair, practical, or even constitutional to provide public-funded education. Now, this is the former U.S. Attorney General. Uh, this is uh, Bill Barr, Attorney General Bill Barr, former Attorney General Bill Barr. Now, I disagree with him on some of the things politically, but nevertheless, he's on target with what he's saying here. Public schools are becoming unconstitutional, secular, progressive madrasas. It may longer be fair, practical, even constitutional, to provide public-funded education solely through the vehicle of state-operated schools, uh, the two-time U.S. Attorney General contends. The greatest threat, listen to what he says. I emphasize it because he's correct. Greatest threat to religious liberty in America today, said uh, former U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr in a recent speech, is the increasingly militant and extreme secular progressive climate of our state-run educational system, end quote. Now, he made a very profound statement, and he goes through with his speech And I have in my hand about eight pages with portions of it, several other articles with 
other portions of his speech. It's way too lengthy to try to give you the other than the just of it by way of this broadcast. But he says, the legal lion, speaking of Bill Barr, put together a strong argument that a half century of Supreme Court decisions combined with the left's long march through America's institutions have pushed the U.S. public schools so far from religious neutrality that many now comprise a government-established preference for the atheist religion. Government preferences for some religions, religious view over others are unconstitutional under the First Amendment of our Bill of Rights. The heavy-handed enforcement of secular progressive orthodoxy through government-run schools is totally incompatible with traditional Christianity in America. In light of this development, we must confront the reality that it may no longer be fair, practical, or even constitutional to provide publicly funded education solely through the vehicle of state-operated schools, according to Bill Barr. Further, the article states, too many Americans are dangerously unaware that today's public schools forcefully, forcefully instruct children in specific religions and political beliefs that openly undermine all Christianity and therefore the private self-government necessary to preserve the United States Foundation natural rights regime. The evidence for this is strong, both in data and personal testimony. Expansions in government service provisions and especially increasingly secularized government control of education can account for virtually the entire, listen, can account for virtually the entire secularization around the developed world, writes uh, sociologist Lynn Stone in the 2020 review of the topic. Further, the article states, Bill Barr explains, a U.S. public schooling, which used to be explicitly Christian, became the strongest antagonist to religion and American life. He detailed a brief history of American education to make his case. In three historical phases, the first phase, the advocates of public schools agreed that religion was integral to such education. Second phase, American education history, Bill Barr said, the left embarked on a relentless campaign of secularization intent on driving every vestige of traditional religion from the public square. Public schools quickly became central battlegrounds. Since it is impossible to educate someone without passing on religious beliefs, is there God? Does he care about what we learn? Or is he irrelevant uh, to learning? What is right or wrong? How do we know what is right or wrong? This myth of religiously neutral education quietly cleared American education of Christianity. This prepared the way for complete secular progressive dominance of the U.S. educational system. And he goes on to talk about how that is now being expanded through what he calls, and he is right, the new government-sponsored religion is cultural Marxism being taught in all public schools in the United States of America, end quote. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a good summary of where we are with what is being taught today, pushed, promulgated on every hand in our public schools, critical racism. Critical racism uh, originally was that divisiveness that was designed and used by Karl Marx to divide the people based on their cultural standing. One group was the oppressed, another group the oppressors. Critical racism says the oppressors are the whites, 
white men, the white race, and the oppressed are those of color. And therefore, that must be obliterated. And in doing so, ladies and gentlemen, today in most public schools, the whites are being denigrated and uh, degraded in every fashion possible by saying that they are the cause of all the problems in America. Listen very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, 400 plus years ago, we had uh, slavery in America. But we're the only nation on the face of the globe that's obliterated, wiped out, made illegal, anything that's called slavery. All of the nations, most of the nations around the world have some form of uh, slavery today. So they're using that as the wedge, the two, uh, the uh, uh, hammer, uh, to try to hammer forth the fact that in our schools we need to brainwash our children, indoctrinate them into believing that America is bad, that America is wicked because we have uh, racism in America. Here's another article about Bill Barr's statement. Former Attorney General uh, Bill Barr issues a massive warning about America's public school systems, outlines an action plan to do so. The former Attorney General Bill Barr issued a stark warning during a recent speech about what is happening inside all of America's public educational system and how Americans can take action to stop it. Barr warned that the increasingly militant and extreme secular progressive climate in our state-run educational system was the greatest threat to religious liberty in America and that too many people are only looking at the problem in relation to what is, uh, it means for national unity and what it means for long-term religious liberty in America. In other words, if you read the entire article, uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr is saying that we're saying that we need to teach critical race theory in our public schools because it means that we're going to be able to everybody get along. But in doing so, he says it's destroying anything that's called real liberty in America, and especially destroying anything that is viewed as uh, Christianity in any fashion. He goes further in stating, in recent years across the country, we've seen this rush to embrace critical race theory. Now, critical race theory is nothing more than a materialistic philosophy of Marxism. Let me read that again. William Barr, former U.S. Attorney General, in recent years across the country, we've seen this rush to embrace critical race theory. Now, critical race theory is nothing more than the materialistic philosophy of Marxism, substituting racial antagonism for class antagonism. That's all it is. It poised all the same things as traditional Marxism, that there are meta-historical forces at work, that societal pathologies are the result of societal uh, convictions and power structures that have to be torn down. That conflict between the oppressed and the oppressor provides the dynamic and progressive movement in history, and that the individual morality to the extent there is such a thing is a materialistic philosophy. It's determined by where one fits in these historical forces, end quote. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to realize that we're faced with a major dilemma today in America, and we're watching America being divided. And may I simply tuck this in? It is in total conflict with the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The 1964 Civil Rights Act made it very, very clear, and its law, federal law, made it clear that you cannot discriminate on someone based on race. 
And yet we have that reverse discrimination taking place in our classrooms, in the State Department, in the uh, every branch of military today, every branch of federal government today that's dividing and demeaning and chiding and challenging anyone that is white and blaming the white race in a public forum of the cause of the problems in America. Here's an article. Simply ask the question, how critical race theory spread throughout American schools? It's top down. It's across the board and within all levels of education. And I think it's definitely part of the uh, democratic agenda for education on a national level. For cultural attack is dangerous to the U.S., everything that America stands for. I don't think that we are in a cultural uh, moment where everything is reinforced values are entirely anathema to the American character and the American spirit, which I don't think has anything to do with race, end quote. And it goes on to talk about the critical race theory, a tool of Marxism. It is cultural Marxism today. I believe we have Greg on the line. Go over the question or comment, please. You know, for some time, uh, the left seemed to focus on self-esteem uh, within our children within the classrooms, you know, that was a, that was a big thing, you know, that, you know, kids can't have their self-esteem squashed and, you know, therefore we need to give out trophies to every kid in this competition. Therefore we can't grade A, B, C, D, E, F, you know, however you want to do that in the year and F, a failing score. We have to, uh, we have to make sure that their self-esteem is supported. Therefore we're just going to pass them through. Matter of fact, we've got kids that have been passed through and passed through and passed through. They graduate high school, they try to go to college, and all of a sudden they find out they can't read, write, and add, subtract at an eighth grade level. Therefore, they need remedial English, remedial math, and this and that. The other thing, in order to be able to uh, compete in the class, not compete in the classroom, but be able to survive the classroom. And these are kids that are supposed to go off and, and be productive citizens. But self-esteem was so very important to those, especially on the left, and you know, that became critical. The academics became secondary, and um, you know that th this is played out now in the reverse. In that self-esteem can be completely crushed. We we can take an individual by virtue of the lightness of their skin and make them hate themselves, or hate their parents, or hate their grandparents. You know, many of these folks, we've 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 seen uh, one parent after another challenge these school boards, and I think the most. Um, the most engaging, the most uh, 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 compelling argument many times comes from a mixed couple or a, a, a black husband or a black wife married to uh, a, a person that happens to be white on either side that says, hey, what are you doing? You're, you're dividing my family. You're telling my child that my child needs to hate one of us. Do you understand what you're doing? And, but beyond, beyond if, it's, if it's not – but that's a compelling thing. You go, why in the world would academia choose to rip a nation apart in such a fashion? You know, there's, there's another goal. There's another end here. It doesn't, it doesn't have to do with the isolated case. Uh, and, of course, they say this is an anti-racist thing. No, it's not. It is racism pure and Absolute. simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100 percent pure and simple. And uh, it's it's touched, as destructive as I've ever seen. Let me jump in for a moment. You touched on what's being taught in the schools and how it's being carried out and handled. Uh, and I have uh, just gotten through doing a review and heard a report on that just this past week that on an international level with all industrialized nations that American academia is 29th and 30th, 29th and 30th in math, in science, in uh, 
comprehension. Uh, and yet wow. we're pushing the critical race theory and we're graduating students that are basically functionally illiterate and giving them a credential. And as you touched on, and it brought it to the forefront that they go out in the marketplace. And in fact, I've said for years and years and years, if a, a kid with a college degree goes to work at McDonald's, he cannot give the proper change unless that electronic cash register <laughs> reads on the screen and tells him yep. how much to give back. That's right. That, that's where we are. Right. And yet pushing the critical race there, Greg, for the edification of our listeners today, just from a very simplistic approach, what is critical race theory? What is it doing? And why is it being carried out in our military and our public educational system and in every uh, branch of government, every federal and state level, with the exception of Florida? And I'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, that's not in Florida today, as I understand it. But go ahead with your thoughts on that. Uh, how does well, it how do you see it? I'd carry it beyond that. That now uh, 20 states have passed legislation to either restrict or uh, hinder the spread of this cancer called CRT, critical race theory, in simplistic terms, is nothing other than cultural Marxism. It takes the principles of Karl Marx, you know, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs, and it rolls it over instead of a, a financial or, uh, you know, uh, an ability to sustain oneself. Instead of being that, it's based purely upon the tone of skin color. You know, literally, the darker the skin, the more likely that you've been put upon or historically you've been put upon. Uh, there's, you know, systemically uh, errors. And you know these the, the academic arguments for these things. You know, this, it's great to actually discuss and to uh, argue this in a collegiate setting and say, "Hey, is there any merit?" Because at the end of the day, you find there is not substantial merit to the notion of a systemically racist America. There are racists in America. However, as systems go, we've got one of the greatest systems on God's green earth. Uh, a black person fares better in the United States than any other nation on the face of the planet. So, you know, if we're going to if we're going to study things historically and we're going to uh, up, apply context, guess what, folks? You know, the uh, black African slave trade was horrific. Okay, so also was the Irish and the Chinese and the Jewish and Iran. It was horrific. However, Western Christianity put an end to it. Look at cultures where it's never been put an end to. So we ought to be thankful. But again, back on critical race theory, now this cultural Marxism is introduced in the classroom, K through 12, and we start indoctrinating kids in divisive uh, 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 pursuits. And the reading, writing, arithmetic gets left off. That's why we you just mentioned uh, 29th and 30th place, place. I've seen reports of anywhere falling to 22nd place all the way to 30th place uh, academically in the world. This, yes. this is this is the most wealthy nation on the face of the planet, and we spend more on education than you could possibly imagine. It's off the stinking charts. What are we getting for our money? You know, now the teachers union really loves this. I mean, there are some teachers that really hate this, but the teachers union really loves this because year after year after year after year, they say more money, more money, more money. They're always getting more money, but the output. The output is not what we expect as parents. And here you are as a believer, folks. You're forced. You've got to pay your taxes. The tax man's coming, all right? You've got to pay your taxes. You get to pay for that government-controlled education. And if you want anything else, you get to pay again. You get to pay twice for what you may get once, possibly. It's a perverse system. It's a perverse structure. 
Uh, they've gone far beyond the constitutional mandate at the, at the federal level. Of course, get the feds completely out of, out of education. I'd say get the government out of it, but at least get the feds out of it because it's, it's, we have a limited constitution, and the Tenth Amendment says, hey, if you don't have the power, it's reserved for the states and the people. They don't have the power, however, they keep reaching and re- overreaching and overreaching further and further into academia. Greg, you touched on the uh, teachers' union. I'm looking at an article that says the biggest U.S. teachers' union adopts measures to promote and defend the critical race theory and the controversial 1619 project. The National Educational Association, the largest union representing school teachers, has committed itself to spreading critical race theory, uh, CRT, including the kindergarten through 12th grade, drawing controversy, conservative outcry. A series of measures aimed at promoting uh, the concept was adopted by the uh, NEA meeting and representative assembly taking place virtually this year. That was June 30th through July the 3rd. With 3 million members, affiliates, affiliates, 14,000 communities across the U.S., the NEA is the powerful lobbying group that's generously contributed to liberal all liberal causes, giving millions of donations, dollars to liberal groups, Democratic candidates, Democratic elections, including Joe Biden in the 2020 election and his campaign. According to the Open Secrets website, the NEA, which counts Biden's wife, Jill, Jill among its longtime members, drew praise from the president as recently as Friday, who called the National Educational Association one of America's indispensable organizations. Proponents of CRT says it suggests another academic concept which teaches that racism in America is systemic and permeates the legal system as well as all policy. Critics of the CRT see it as dangerous Marxist ideology, which is inherently bigoted and serves only to pit differences of race against race in America. Greg, with that being said, let me ask you to respond to this. Why? Why? What could you see as the cause of this being pushed? What is the end goal? What are the uh, socialist Marxist Democrats and the Biden administration, just what are they wanting to accomplish in pushing the critical race theory in the 1619 project? And why is it dangerous? They have for decades, when I say they, uh, your, your socialist Democratic Party has for decades tried to reverse the narrative, to change the narrative and to paint their perceived foes as the racist, paint their mm-hmm. perceived foes as you know, anti-law enforcement. You know, they, right now they're, they're using the, you know, uh, Republicans are trying to cut law enforcement. Have you heard that argument? They, they're actually putting that forth. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they have yeah. this ginormous, they have this ginormous spending bill where there's a little proviso that says, you know, some of this money could possibly be used for, and it doesn't even spell it out, that it could be used to restore funding in law enforcement. However, they say that that's what it would do. And even though they've had the, you know, you know, cut the police movement, defund the police movement across the United States and le- leftist jurisdiction after leftist juris- jurisdiction, they want to spin that narrative and make it that, oh, it's the Republicans that are trying to cut law enforcement because they realize it's blowing up on them. I mean, look at the number of murders in the south side of Chicago last week. It's blowing. It, this is not working out the way they wanted. Therefore, they, 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 they're up in the ante. You know, we need to paint conservatives as racist, and if you're against CRT, you're a racist. You know, that's how, right now you have your free speech advocates, including the ACLU, that are pushing to uh, force the uh, these laws to be overturned and CRT and uh, the, the 1619 Project and other 
uh, garbage to hit our hit our classrooms. Uh, they're saying that you know that that anti, any anti CRT uh, language is anti free speech. And you go stop. Hold on just a minute. You, you folks actually believe in free speech? You actually now when the when the child has his hand over his heart. Uh, is is singing the national anthem, or is praying at a graduation, or is uh, the ACLU is the first one to jump in and say, "No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's religion. That's religion." You go, guess what, folks? That First Amendment, the protection of free speech, the top two things that it protects is religious free speech and political free speech. What we're talking about, though, with with, with CRT, is a very interesting thing. Um, it, it is it is first off, it, it's not academically sound. You know, it's a, it's a theory, but it's a leftist theory. You know, if we say we're going to protect CRT, we're going to also pr- protect the teaching of Mein Kampf in the classroom, or we're going to allow the classroom to introduce Karl Marx propaganda, Adolf Hitler propaganda, propaganda, Joseph Stalin propaganda. Will we allow them to do that and just say, hey, this is under the guise of free speech, while at the same time those supposed free speech advocates are trying to crush religious speech, Christian speech. It's perverse. It's twisted. But it is intended to divide the nation. In the midst of the division, in, in, this, in the midst of the hate and discontent and anguish, they hope to gain more political power. It is, it is as Orwellian, it is as twisted, it is as perverse as you could ever imagine. And Greg, it is sad. I watched on the early morning Fox News showing a film clip of a black resident standing on his front porch uh, speaking harshly to a white man walking down the sidewalk, calling him every name under the book, demeaning him because he's white, walking down the sidewalk. We're watching in fast motion the divisiveness taking place in America are based on skin color. Recently, in fact, it was just last week, a fifth grader, white boy, went home, told his mom and dad he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to commit suicide because he had been demeaned in the classroom that day publicly by the teacher declaring that he, that's the white boy, was responsible for white supremacists in America. He was responsible for uh, racism in America. He was responsible for slavery in America, and he ought to declare himself as being unfit as a white child. And when he went home that afternoon, he was so demeaned and morally destroyed uh, with his morale torn up that he wanted to kill himself. That's what we see taking place that's not publicly shown, and most people do not understand. Greg, we've got about a minute and a half left from a Christian standpoint. How should we then live? What should we do? Uh, I realize that we ought not to look at it on the basis of all bad and nothing good, but what is God doing and how is God? How can God work through this and what can take place if we will simply allow God to do so? Well, understand the persecution is something that Jesus Christ himself said that we would see in the last days. It says, he said, you'll, you'll be delivered up to be afflicted and they shall kill you and you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Just make sure that you're professing his name, that this is not you know, hate and discontent because of something you've done. But beyond that, it says, then, because the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I'd say for every believer, don't let your love wax cold. Uh, let your love shine through. It says in the Scripture that, uh, that they'll, they'll know you're Christians by your love. So don't let the, the, the ills of society crush your love. Stand up and speak up 
and be loving and kind as believers ought to be. Amen. Greg, thank you for your time today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this broadcast. Uh, looking forward to meeting again as we once again face the issues. You are invited to worship with them. 9.30 a.m. Sunday for Bible study, 10.45 a.m. Sunday morning worship service, 7 p.m. evening worship service, or 7 p.m. Wednesday fellowship meal Bible study. Prayer, Bible Q&A, and updates on issues facing our city, state, and country. Tune in again for another Let's Face the Issues broadcast. Also tune in the same station Saturday mornings at 9 for expository Bible preaching by Dr. Youngblood. Remember, a rebroadcast of this program can be heard in its entirety 9 p.m. on 100.3 FM and 93.3 HD3. You are also invited to tune in Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on Talk 100.3 for expository preaching. Tune in and invite others to listen.